Good morning. So there's two questions that I want to talk about today. The first one is that why did we have to go to Mass today? It's a Wednesday morning. It's not Sunday. Why, does, why isn't Sunday enough? I think a lot of times we just hear it's a holy day of obligation. You have to go to Mass. And it just becomes like this burden that the church is imposing on us. We don't really understand why. Um, Sunday kind of becomes the same thing. We just know we have to go to Mass on Sunday, but we never really move past this obligation that we're forced to do. So why does the church say we need to go to Mass? Everyone knows that we commemorate certain things on certain times and days. So, for example, we have, you know, Veterans Day, Labor Day, Memorial Day, Mother's Day. We have this sense of sort of sacred time built into society where we set apart certain times to honor and remember certain people or certain events or ideas. There's also this sense of, of reverence for things like weddings and funerals and wakes. We know that at those certain times, we behave and we act a certain way. And we do that both to kind of keep that, that consciousness fresh. So we repeat Mother's Day, Memorial Day, to keep these things in our mind. And at the same time, we set apart these certain times because of the honor we hold for these things. So we set apart time for weddings and funerals and we celebrate them because of how important those institutions are in our society. And it makes sense to say that if we didn't do that, then they would kind of fall away. So if we didn't celebrate weddings like we do, the institution of marriage probably wouldn't be such a rock in our society. If we didn't celebrate funerals and wakes, our, the importance of our family relationships, the importance of remembering those who've gone before us wouldn't be as important. And the same thing is true in our spiritual life. The church kind of follows this pattern of setting time apart. So we have certain days and certain feasts and seasons where we honor uh, either people or things that God has done and that God is still doing in our lives. We do this, for example, with Sunday because it's the day of Jesus' resurrection, the day that heaven was opened up to all of humanity. We commemorate that every Sunday. There are certain feast days that we re- where we, the church lifts up for us to remember so that we can learn from them. So we can integrate these mysteries into our lives on on a regular basis. And as we begin to to allow the faith and to offer our time to God in that way, it it begins to really permeate everything and kind of change the way we see the world. That's what happened to me in my own conversion. When I was at Nichols, I was introduced to what was called the Liturgy of the Hours. It's a set of prayers that the church offers to everyone. There's for morning prayer, daytime prayer, evening prayer, and night prayer where it's a means of consecrating our whole day to God and making our day really an offering to him in the midst of the hustle and bustle of everyday life. And so I started, you know, I would pray night prayer every now and then. Um, Then I would start to pray night prayer every day and then begin praying morning prayer. By the end of my time in Nichols, I was praying all of them every day. And what I began to see was that the way that I saw God, the way that I saw my faith, the way that really I saw the world began to change because it was so constantly being brought up to me. When we prevent our time from being consecrated like that, when we, for example, say we only go to Mass when we have time, we prevent the faith from really entering into our life and from it, from it permeating really our vision of how we see the world. So that's what the church has in mind 
when she asks us to go to Mass like this, it's a means of consecrating our time and allowing the faith to really permeate it. So the second question would be, why today? Why the assumption? Why does the Church lift up this day when Mary was taken body and soul into heaven? Why does she hold that up for us to learn from? I think one of the reasons is that it reveals our destiny to us. It reveals what we're destined for. In the preface that Father Mike is going to pray, which is the prayer that happens right before the Holy, Holy, Holy in Mass, he's going to say that Mary was assumed into heaven as the beginning and the image of your church's coming to perfection. The beginning and the image. So she begins what we're all destined for, and she images it. She prefigures it for us. She shows what's going to happen to all of us, rejoicing body and soul in heavenly glory, if we follow that example. The first reading we heard about a woman clothed with the sun and the stars at her feet. This this image of a glorious woman who represents Mary and shows that the glory that we're all destined to receive if we follow that example. Although she is unique in that death didn't touch her at all because she was conceived without sin. She followed Christ perfectly. If we follow that example... Although death does temporarily touch us, we know that it's not the final word. St. Paul said in the second reading that in Christ all are brought to life. And that death is destroyed, and we have to all of us offered the glory of heaven. And so that today the church lifts up the greatest example for us to follow, and she, that reveals also our destiny to us. And the funny thing is, is that she didn't, Mary didn't do anything great and mighty. She's only even mentioned a handful of times in the scriptures, and she, less frequently does she even say anything. But God took this lowly servant and exalted her with the greatest of gifts. She offered her the highest honor, and he offers the same thing for us even now. By following in her humility and the little ways of day-to-day life, of, of going to work, going to school, running errands, these little ways, we also receive this greatest gift that's prefigured in the feast that we celebrate today.